Good morning, good morning. Uh, I want to say hello to everybody that's tuning in on Ear to Ground's very first podcast. I'm excited to bring this um, to you all. Been uh, really meditating and having this on my heart for a while now, right? So my name is Ivan Kennard. Um, I'm a social worker. I'm an organizational consultant, uh, and I'm a grant writer. Uh, what brought me to actually establishing, you know, this this podcast is throughout my journey. Oftentimes, I've been introduced to people, different spaces, and it's like, okay, how can I connect these resources, these people, to those on the ground level, right? That may not have that education, that may not have that network, and those resources. So I like to introduce my friend, my special guest today, Mr. Donovan Young. Uh, he's a young, uh, just. I would say a young boss, man. He works at the Fowler Foundation. He's going to give a little bit more about his story of what brought him to the social sector. And uh, we really just want to talk today about what does it mean to uh, have a, a social impact, but not just on that ground level, but what is philanthropy, right? How, how is that space um, looking? And then also you can even talk about just your experience of, hey, this is how I was introduced to it. These are some of the areas that I found some pushback. And uh, th this is where I want to move forward. So I just want to say I appreciate you, Donovan, for coming in. So introduce yourself, man, and let the people know uh, what you do. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Donovan Young. Uh, I've been with the, uh, the Sharon Chuck Fowler Family Foundation for uh, about a year and three months, okay. give or take. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving what I do, loving who I work with, and uh, the changes that I've been able to uh, implement and more are, are on the way, too. Nice, so, man. so far, so good. Got you. So give, give us like a background story. So I know you've just finished your master's. You mm -hmm. and I, you know, went to Case Western together, man. Congrats yes, sir. on that. Yes, so sir. talk about that transition, man. How was it, you know, going from academia to now working at a foundation? Yeah. So it's funny because um, I started working with the Fowlers. This was my, uh, I guess, second to last semester. Okay. So summer. And um, I had, to be honest, never heard of the foundation. Gotcha. To begin with, because, you know, in Cleveland, you know, everyone's heard of Gund, St. Luke's, uh, Cleveland Foundation and others. Yeah, but Fowler, names. I was like, uh, they exist. OK. Gotcha. All right. So it's even funnier is um, in as much as I love what I get to do and I'm blessed to do now. If you would have asked me um, prior to like November 2019, April, mm -hmm. like, what do you see yourself doing? Uh, I couldn't have told you this. So gotcha. I tell people all the time, man, like I couldn't have scripted any of this, but I'm so glad that like. God has put me sure. where he's put me in so many yeah. ways. So um, little, little backstory. I came to Cleveland from a, I'm a Cali kid, right? Okay. West Coast, right? There we go. So I was all right, like, I'm going to come to Cleveland. I'm going to get these degrees. And then I go back to Cali because, uh, you know, winter ain't really for me. Yeah. Right. So I started out at uh, Neighborhood Connections for our first year, uh, like internship, uh, uh, field education. That's the word program. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were on the ground in uh, Wood Hill or Buckeye or mm -hmm. Glenville a little bit. And I kept hearing these stories from you know, residents saying, you know, we have the ideas, uh, but, you know, philanthropy has, you know, overpromised, underdelivered, and done a whole lot of harm, right? So I'm okay. sitting here like, okay, I'm not from here. Uh, I'm not going to come in and act like, oh, you know, I got all the answers because I'm book smart kind of yeah, sort of. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that don't work. So it's kind of like, you know, where do I, where do I fit in? For right? sure, for sure. So I remember uh, I had some existential moments of like, God, um, I'm in Cleveland. I'm not from here. I'm hearing yeah. all these, you know, challenges, but also seeing promise. Like, how can I serve? Like, you you got to light something up for me, right? Yeah, exactly. So I remember, um, flash ahead to uh, November 2019, right? 
in uh, Dr. Crampton's class, and we're going over like our final. Gotcha. And at this time, like philanthropy is starting to kind of emerge because mm-hmm. when I hear philanthropy, I think resource capital flow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not just money, but all that goes into that, right? And I'm like, okay, I might be able to do something there, right? So we're in Dr. Crampton's class, and I, I kid you not, God just starts giving me this kind of like download, wow. right? Of literal like this position would be this and you'd be doing this and this is how you'd evaluate to know that it works this time. Yeah, you saw how you fit. Like, like for real. And I'm like, you know, a believer, you know, growing up in church and, you know, I'll I'll crack church jokes, but when God is speaking, I'm like, I know that's him and I'm going to write this down. So I remember um, I wrote that down and I was like, yo, somebody somewhere is going to be looking for me to fill this role. Mm -hmm. Right. Didn't know that was the Fowler Family Foundation a few months later. Right. So I'm giving a presentation um, for my capstone for our class and one of the trustees is in the audience and it's like, ah, what this man is saying resonates with me mm-hmm. and where I want to take the foundation. So she reached out wow. to me. I jumped three times figuratively and like blinked once. And yeah. the next thing I know, um, we're negotiating a contract to, to rock and roll. Wow. Right. So okay. it was cool as it started with, you know, research and analysis into kind of our current practices as a foundation and how can we operationalize diversity equity and inclusion okay right so So, i'm sitting here like i've got book knowledge exactly (laughs) and um driven always by the pursuit of excellence Mm -hmm. and all i needed was a shot it's like oh i'm gonna kill this right exactly so what was cool was that's how it started and it branched into so much more right so on the one hand it was okay can you do research and make recommendations it was like i can do research make recommendations and I can also show you, hey, this is how we can do this concretely. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I will put my money where my mouth is and rock and roll this kind of as we go. Nice. That floored them. So the next thing I know, they're like, oh, we want to keep you longer. We want to keep you longer. Then we get to March of this year. They're like, dang, we want to keep you permanently and indefinitely were the words they used. So it's so kind of crazy to see how. You got in the door and, and you know showed what I'm your worth. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, all right, look, God kind of placed the, the vision or dream, if you will, in my heart. For sure. And then, um, you know, right place, right time, and so much. What was I supposed to be telling? Like, what I do with the family? Yeah, yeah, just talk yeah, about man, what you do, see, man. See, I get yeah. passionate about these yeah, things. Yeah, all right, right. it's great. Yeah, yeah, so it's. it's That's power. Yeah, you know? so um, let's see. So on paper, I'm a program associate for social impact and strategy. Okay. Basically means it's my job to make sure that our philanthropic intent as a grant making foundation aligns with equitable and measurable social impact. For sure. Right. So you've got the grant making piece. So mm-hmm. when we get grant requests, cause everyone is always looking for money. For sure. Um, I get to help evaluate, uh, around about at least half of all the ones that come in. Okay. Right. And I developed a new, uh, evaluation tool for that and really made some, you made it yourself. Teamwork, but okay. I was pretty catalytic in driving it, okay. I would say. And then same That's with the uh, the application and the uh, like pre-application or what we call it, LOI as well. Yeah, yeah right? letter inquiry. So uh, evaluating about. that um, and making sure that our grantees feel comfortable and confident coming yeah. to us yeah. if they have questions, not just so about. How, how did that feel, man? Like as you were, you know. Going in as a researcher, that's how I'm hearing it. Going in All as right. a yeah. researcher, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it's like, okay, now I'm making recommendations. Not what it sounds like. You're at the table reviewing grants. Bro. Right? You're at the table saying, yeah. hey, this is what this grant says. These are the loopholes. Are you actually identifying those that move on to the next level and um, those that need more? I'm a part of that. Assistance. I'm a part of that. Wow. And that's been okay. really cool because, you know, going from grad school where we hear, you know, we need all these changes. Great. Exactly. But at Talking the same time, you it. hear, you know, change takes time. 
not discrediting that in any way, shape, sure. or form. But yeah. then you get to a foundation that is like we have an appetite for change, yeah. and I'm helping either catalyze new things mm-hmm. or bring to the forefront perhaps some of the uh, like latent things they'd wanted to do. But yeah. you know, you're looking at half the staff quite literally right now, so they just didn't have the bandwidth. So wait, okay, break down that. Okay, the organization as a whole. So, so right. tell me about the Fowler Foundation. So give us like an idea. Yeah. All right. So, um, like I said, half the staff is right here. So, okay. um, I have my supervisor. Okay. So we are the only two staff at the foundation, right? And then the family itself and the board, we've got, I think, seven seven board members right now. And they're all, all wow. family at this point. Wow. And my supervisor and I is the two staff. We work with about two of the trustees as kind of the, uh, the real staff. We kind of joke uh, okay. at the foundation. <laughs> For sure. Kind of in a way. Um, and I would say that the two trustees kind of function as de facto program officers. Okay. So um, we fund four major focus areas, and the two trustees are like, ah, I'm really passionate about, say, arts. Mm-hmm. So typically all things arts-related, they'll go and hone in on our so, criminal so the, justice. the trustees will identify or steer where resources and funds go? In a way, in a okay. way. So what's cool is... Um, how is that even, you know, how's that talked about? How yeah. Explore it? So it's, you've got the the main area, right? So everyone wants to see changes in, you know, arts, criminal justice, et cetera. Okay. Right? And I'm like, okay, the what? Phenomenal. Right? There's a lot of changes that need to be made, but it's the how that I get to come in and okay, hone in gotcha. on. Right? Because yeah. it's, it's one thing if, you know, I want to fund this organization. Mm-hmm. Great. But why, though? Is it because you know the board of directors? Is it because right. you have funded this organization for 10 years running? Is it really pulling on your heartstrings? Okay. What is it? Is it, you know, the application is really strong? We mm-hmm. believe in the capacity of this organization mm-hmm. to do that. And by the way, what does capacity even mean? What that look because, like? yeah. you know, if you got a multi-million dollar budget, that might seem like, oh, you, you've got the money. But, yeah. you know, if you look at the balance sheet and you're like, oh, well, you know, y'all are running in the red. Yeah. That's one thing. Or, you know, maybe you're doing great work and you don't have as many staff mm-hmm. as you'd like. So mm-hmm. it's really cool to engage and introduce the nuance in those conversations mm-hmm. um, and help our trustees and myself as well realize, you know, there isn't a picturesque, you know, grantee. Gotcha. And um, even though that might look one way on paper, mm-hmm. if you look a little deeper, what does that look like? And then if you break that down even more, okay, are we showing preferential treatment to um, white-led organizations? Or, that, that's historically well, been happening, though. You and know precisely. That, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially so, that impact you know what I'm of saying? color. Yeah. yeah, so what's cool also... Is, is that a part of you all's it is, you know, process of identifying? It is, yeah. and that's okay. one of the, uh, the things that I'm Thankful that I was able to introduce. Um, gotcha. Took a little uh, persistence, but I'm a persistence and uh, tenacious based dude gotcha. to get the applications to ask out the gate. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, does your organization consider itself to be led by a person of color? Uh, yeah. But so yeah. on and so forth. So uh-huh. you know, not just okay, who are we funding, but who are we missing, gotcha. and what can we do about it? Because you, you can't improve strategize measure impact etc if you aren't even looking at these things to begin with exactly and we know historically colorblindness don't work exactly and i know that action exactly yeah yeah, that's that's what we're doing so tell me about you know the grants now that are available like walk us through i know you guys have like two rolling grants so one's like on a monthly basis one i think is like uh by you know annual uh can you give people just an idea of how you all actually you know, help and uh, provide some resources to communities? Yeah, so um, we've got our monthly rolling grants, which is anything, any request that is $4,000 or less, 
right? And then we have our biannual uh, large grants, which are anything $4,000, even if it's 4001 uh, and up, right? So um, those are biannual. And then again, the rolling grants are uh, monthly. So in our four areas we fund, those are uh, how we make our funds available. Gotcha. And those four areas? Those are, are um, we've got arts, criminal justice, um, adolescent and young adult cancer, and then uh, reproductive health. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's all on the website. Individuals can go on, be able to actually identify. Yeah, and then uh, know, we break the down. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, we also break down, you know, when we say um, arts, what we are really getting at is, here's a little bit of a, a breakdown, so to speak. By no means to say, you know, if you're not hoping to do a community uh, program, you aren't a fit. By no means, but uh, just to get the wheels mm-hmm. kind of turning because these focus areas are intended to be broad, but at the same time, we don't want to either A, limit people's creativity mm-hmm. or um, doom people to fail if gotcha. uh, they don't know that they can think beyond merely what we have. Uh, so, Donnie, I'm going to be honest, man. How right. I envision, you know, the grant process, right? You know, grant writer, we submit the application. I envision a long table full of white guys. I'm going to be honest. That's going through papers. No, no, no. Okay. You know, very stringent, right? All right. There's a, you know, page limit. There's a character limit. You know, 250 words. You go over 251. You're out of the, you know, out of the race. So can you give me like a breakdown or, you know, just open our eyes of what that other side of the table looks like? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's funny. No, no, no. It's funny because before I got into Flint, I was like, oh, all right. So I'm like. That's what I'm about to be like the one at the table, you but um, I mean? uh, it's really eye opening because I'm thankful that our foundation, while demographically that we look pretty similar to what you just described, um, they aren't stuck in their ways 100. percent Kind of the way we think of when we think of philanthropy and the gotcha. paternalism that it yeah. kind of exudes, right? Exactly. Yeah, the relationship. So um, yeah. when we get to these uh <laughs> these uh decisions and such, um, one of the things we were really or I would say I was really uh, an advocate for was, hey, let's get rid of the character limits, right? Okay. And instead of putting a, a cap, let's put a big cap. So we've got about 10,000 characters. So whether you need Sheesh. 10K or not, okay. um, it's an option, right? <laughs> yeah, because, you, you know, sometimes um, some people can get to their point in, you know, a uh, 1,000. Sometimes mm-hmm. people need more. But we didn't want to, you know, cut people off gotcha. and, uh, and limit that. Right. Uh, So that was one. And then also um, we've made the application available in different languages so that it's not a, oh, if you don't speak English or English isn't your primary language, you're, you know, behind the eight ball. Right. So um, (laughs) those being said, when we evaluate the applications, we use a uh, like a scoring matrix based on our criteria. Okay. So um, we're looking, okay, tell us about uh, what your organization is doing to promote, you know, diversity, equity and Inclusion might be one thing. Buzzwords. Oh yeah, yeah. But we're like, you know, (laughs) you got ten thousand characters. Tell us all about it. Yeah, talk about it. Right, right, right. right. And uh, you know, we kind of get the whole uh, panorama of responses and that. Um, Of course, there's the you know, tell us what it is you hope to do, how you'll Mm -hmm. know that it works, and so on. But what's cool is with the ten thousand characters and our our pretty broad um, uh, like prompts, Mm -hmm. we let people take those questions and run with them as they please, Hmm. so to speak. And we make sure that we're available if anyone has questions at any point in time. Okay. So that when we get to the the big decision making uh, table and what have you, we feel as though we have given everybody a good chance to succeed and tell their story. Mm -hmm. And to the extent that we can, we're evaluating on a at least somewhat more equitable 
playing field. That sounds different. So to speak. Am I, am I hearing you correctly? Usually, once again, foundations, <laughs> philanthropy is about, hey, abide by these rules so yeah. you can get X amount of dollars. What you're saying is, hey, we're giving you some some freedom, right? Dude, we're absolutely. giving you some wiggle room as long as it fits in these four buckets of, like I said, criminal justice, arts, mm-hmm. you know, and those those other two, education. Is that what you're saying? So yeah. people actually have that freedom. That is. What, what are some things that, that right. you've that you've seen in the past? What type of programs and initiatives have yeah. previous organizations asked for? You know, funds for. So um, one of the things we we pride ourselves on is it's called fancy lingo general operating support, right? That's philanthropy speak, as we call it. Basically means look, you can ask for a grant and put that money to anything. If you okay. need to pay your light bill, salaries, you need to purchase new bikes, whatever it is. Ask for it. We we encourage those requests because kind of say that again. Wait, say that one more time. You said if you if you need, let's see, money to pay salaries, to turn the lights on, bikes, anything to run your organization. um, Those are the kind of requests that we we welcome. And again, the the fancy term is a general operating support. So we we encourage those kind of requests because those are historically super hard for people to procure and find mm. when it comes to foundations because yeah, everyone right. wants to know hey, tell us the sexy thing you're about to do exactly. we want metrics you yeah. know how many kids are smiling how many people exactly. got fed um based that's, on a program and initiative standpoint precisely right? yeah we Pre- find a lot of foundations do that right so the right. follower foundation is now saying okay we want to help you continue to run precisely because right? it's yeah. really hard to do a successful program if you can't turn the lights on exactly right <laughs> you, you I got you. yeah so yeah. uh people Typically, don't think along those lines, but I, I will say from what I've you know seen in my little over a year there, just yeah. foundations nationwide post summer of last year, you know, general operating support and uh, COVID relief, so on and exactly. so forth, has kind of shifted the paradigm in that direction. But right, right. we're doing all that we can to make sure that that's not just a drop in the bucket, but but stays. Right. And proudly, we've been doing that since uh, before I joined the team. That's good. So, man. I, I know that. you're familiar with the Black Futures Fund, that Cleveland mm-hmm. Foundation. I you am. Know, recently, you yeah. know, shout out. That was what about a year ago, right? I think so. Roundabout. Yes. Yeah. Just, just hearing people that submitted those applications, um, the communication wasn't there, man. You know, so from a foundation side, I know you said that you all are very open and, and, you know, communicative. How have you all like kind of engaged or tried to build that type of, you know, presence? Dude, you know, oh, I love this question. Space. Go ahead. Because th- this lights Real me up yeah. because um, one of the things I identified and I told our, our, our team out the gate when I got there was, OK, okay. look, I, I know that as a young black man, um, there one philanthropy was never designed for me. Let me let me start there. Mm. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, post summer 2020, the the appetite and earnest desire to, you know, operationalize diversity, equity and inclusion Mm. to ultimately become a more, you know, equitable and just funder. Right. Mm -hmm. But I need you all to understand that is a phenomenal and admirable aspiration. But if you don't consider the process to that point, you have essentially handicapped all of your efforts and uh, it, it's not going to last or be sustainable, hmm. right? So to that point, yes, we, and I took a look at this uh, early on in my, my tenure, I guess, yeah. um, looked at the type of organizations that we that we fund. Okay. And the database and infrastructure was lacking. I gradually helped to, to build that up. Like um, who you all were funding? So who we were funding, right? About how many numbers would you say on an annual basis? We probably made out 100, 150 grants a year. Okay. I would say, and about um, how much? We average about fifteen thousand. Now again, okay. that's an average, so gotcha. high, low, yep. uh, smack dab in the middle, gotcha. right? But I was like, okay, but 
we don't know how many of these grantees are, you know, repeats, mm. returning people, people one of us or one of you knows a board member on and mm -hmm. so forth. Mm -hmm. So my point is, and historically speaking, and there's data to back this up, um, high net worth white individuals tend to keep very white, high net worth individual uh, in their uh, circles, right? And we also know you hear about, you know, the friend of a friend privilege, right? So in as much as perhaps a grantee that we have funded, one of us or one of you might sit on the, the board of, that executive director or grant writer might feel comfortable coming to you yeah. if they have a question, exactly. right? That relationship, right? You've built Precisely. That. But mm -hmm. what about the newer we, little guys, yeah, so to speak? People on the ground. That are doing yeah. phenomenal work and perhaps don't have the access, but if we gave them access, might take advantage of the opportunities that you afford other people. How can we, how can we change that? So what I came in and did was I was like, you know, as a proud Neighborhood Connections former intern, yeah. they have a phenomenal reputation in the community and, <clears throat> excuse me, are well-connected and everyone in the region knows about them. For sure. Right? So yeah. why don't we, A, to develop more of a grassroots presence, A, make a grant out to them to support the work that they do in the communities on the ground, but also when they have, they call them um, their communities of practice or neighbor up nights, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. offer to come in and do a session on our grant making so to speak. So people know, hey, I can't do the Oprah thing where, you know, everyone gets some money. <laughs> but if you're a fit, we're an option. If you have questions, here's my uh, phone number and email. So they know and can choose for themselves because gotcha. that's efficacy and agency. And that's yeah, that's important. Exactly. Right. So that was one thing that I came in and recommended. And the board was like, yeah, we love that. Let's do it. So we've been doing that. Mm -hmm. Second, um, I've termed it beyond the grant meetings, because, again, I said earlier, philanthropy ain't just money. Right. Exactly. And capital. Uh, in that financial term. So it's, okay, technical assistance, uh, right. thought leadership, so many layers to that. So what we've done to kind of scale it is any organization with an operating budget of about $300,000 or <coughs> less, we classify and consider to be grassroots, Okay. right? So again, any organization- less. Right. That's, that's so a grassroots organization. Precisely. Okay. That's gotcha. how we internally code that, right? Okay. So any organization that fits those parameters and gets a grant from us, no matter if it's a rolling grant of $3,000 or 100K for a larger grant, I make it my business to email them individually and set up a meeting if they're interested to ask how we might further serve and assist them. Again, thought mm. leadership, um, referrals, so on and so yeah. forth. Resources, right? Pre precisely, yeah, because you yeah. need so much more than just money yeah. to make how things do what it does. To this, this right? point that you're looking at. Yeah. Right? And I'll tell you, I've done, I've in about 35 of these, maybe since March of this year. How's that going? Like, how have you oh, seen I that? Oh, I love it. I okay. tell you, because you you can be so caught up in the day-to-day -day in philanthropy, and it's never lost on me that I'm influencing decisions that affect people's lives. I don't take that lightly, For sure. ever, For sure. right? And to that point, I always hope that, you know, no matter how well I do at our foundation or others or where God takes me, mm -hmm. that my humility and uh, confidence and ear to the ground, quite literally, uh, sure. always grow in tandem, right? Because exactly. philanthropy can make you numb if you're not careful. And I'm like, so help me God, that ain't going to be, yeah. I won't be one of those exactly. people, right? You got to stay engaged, you right? You got to do You have to. And it's funny right. because I can't tell you, I've had people cry on Zoom calls. Wow. I have had people, you, Donovan, you just don't know. We don't have funders reaching out to us, period. That's what I'm saying. Or, yeah. you know, dang, yeah. you, you took the time to do 
this. And I tell, you know, I want it. I'm realizing more and more there's a little organizer in me, right? Because I want our grantees to see, hey, us as foundations, we need you all to fulfill our mission and vision. And last time I checked, we primarily write checks, but y'all do the work. Mm -hmm. So I want you all to feel comfortable and confident coming to me if you have a question about the application. Or I'll give you an example. We had a grantee. She called me because her organization, they got broken into a few times in the span of like a week. So she called me asking, hey, this happened. What can y'all do? Please help. I called my supervisor. We called our board chair. And in the span of like 30 minutes, we were making an emergency grant out to help. Wow. So I said, it was A, change can happen. Yeah, somebody funded in the past has now built a a trusting relationship is what it sounds like, Because you don't, exactly. To reach out. Yeah, because you're not coming to anyone asking unless you believe they can do something about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And your staff is so small, so. And nimble, so it it can happen. So in moments like that, Mm -hmm. it's like, yo, this is paradigm shifting work because exactly. it's not a oh you're you're a board member at my organization so i know it's like yeah. i had just met that lady maybe a few months ago wow but it's amazing how being personable and good sense of humor a good heart yeah. service oriented people pick up on these things and yeah. it's so cool to the me it's precisely it, yeah. it, and those things matter those they things do. matter and i feel like transcend you know organizations or degrees or what have you, and I, I'm all for it. I love it. Yeah, Donovan. Wow, yeah. man. I just want to say that that's phenomenal. You know, yeah. the work that you're doing, the change that's happening in our city, um, we got a lot to, a lot of work to do, right? It's, yeah. it's not going to slow down anytime soon. So, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, as we, you know, you and I progress, you know, I, I help people actually think about programs, initiatives, and, you know, creating their nonprofits to be mission-driven. Yeah. Right? Not yeah. just to have a, a vision, but also, okay, to have this vision and now how we're going to work towards actually executing on yeah. that vision. You know yeah, what I mean? That big part. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh. So we, we got <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the idea, Hey, this is where I want to go. I want to buy this house so I can start the group home. Right. I want to have this, you know, transportation company so we can move kids from point A to point B. I want to help out elderly, you know, in that type of care, but the space in it is now, how are we thinking through, okay, this is where I'm going to build the relationship and the resources. Yeah. Now let's take a step back and have like a strategic plan. Yeah. Right. And that's now yeah. think about, okay, what is our nonprofit revenue, you know, plan moving forward for the next one, two and three years. Yeah. So these are all spaces that, you know, since being here at Blot, I found that community members are actually looking for ways of thinking about change. It's just that disconnect, man, as we go about it. Um, so as you know, I teach my grant class once a month right here at Blot. So uh, the next class is going to be October 12th. I mean, excuse me, October 18th, uh, starting at six o'clock. So it's going to be that Monday, that Tuesday, get Wednesday off. We come back Thursday and Friday. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, man, love to have you uh, drop in so you can talk to people, you know, face to face if you have a moment. Um, And yeah, just really be able to get some real, you know, real work done, some true impact. So uh, I just want to thank you for being my first guest on Ear to Ground podcast. Um, To all my listeners and viewers out there, if you have any questions, um, please feel free to reach out to my Instagram. That's iconic. That's I C O N underscore I C. Um, and also, once again, if you have any interest in grant writing, um, acquiring funds, or program development, feel free to reach out to me. Peace. Man.